It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The New York Yankees did it again. They made the evil empire type move everyone always expects. What does Juan Soto to the Bronx mean for the rest of the AL East? Also, does anyone, anyone want to be the Jets quarterback? And the Magic have been everyone's favorite team to start the season. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Yankees have been very un-Yankee-like in recent years. They took a step back toward normalcy late last night as they traded for Juan Soto from the Padres, Locked On Yankees host Stacey Gatsoulias and Steve Granado break down what this means for the Bronx Bombers. The trade official done in writing, pinstripes on, medicals signed. Juan Soto is a Yankee. It's Juan Soto plus Trent Grisham to New York for Michael King, Drew Thorpe, Johnny Brito, Randy Vis- Vasquez, and Kyle Higashioka. I love it. This means they're all in. I'm happy that they made a move like this. They're they did not like 2023. 2023 kind of lit a fire under the Yankees front office and ownership's ownership's butts. And yeah, this 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 needed to be done. And I'm now that I've thought about it more because I've had more time to let it marinate. Um, I love it. It's going to be fun watching Juan Soto in Yankee Stadium. Oh yeah. They, they, they are very clearly all in on the 2024 Yankees. It is obvious now that there's, there's, there's no hearsay. There's no lip service. There's, this is clear cut. No ifs, ands, or buts. The Yankees are all in on 2024. The, the toughest pills to swallow are the, the top hit, obviously top end here, obviously Michael King and Drew Thorpe, yeah. Drew Thorpe, top 10 prospect had an incredible 2023. Um, Great breaking stuff, big slider, big curveball. Uh, Michael King was looking to be a massive part of the rotation in 2024. So the Yankees clearly have more things to do. They're not done. Man, it's it's a it's been a range of emotions for me, Stace. I'm sure it's been an even more range of emotions for you, being the <laughs> resident Yankees fan in the group. Uh, but man, it's Juan Soto, New York Yankee. Crazy to even say those words. Crazy that he's been traded twice in the last two years. Yeah, because he's one of those guys that Yankee fans coveted, you know, like they really wanted. They've wanted him for a while. And I think it's going to take a few days for people to really like let it like for it to set in. that Oh, my God. Juan Soto is a Yankee. Holy crap. (laughs) Kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're adding a. 35 homers, 109 RBIs. Don't forget he led the Padres in walks last season with 132, and it wasn't even close. Wasn't mm-hmm. even close. He had almost double the next guy. Um, and to put that in perspective, too, 132 walks. Aaron Judge led the Yankees last year with 88. This guy is an on-base machine. He's going to get on at a 40% clip. Also, he's still young. 
Like he, I don't even know if he's hit his full, you know what I mean? Because dudes don't hit their primes usually until <laughs> their later 20s, about to approach 30. So <laughs> he could be even better in 2024, which is scary to think about. Let alone the attitude he brings, right? Like the energy he brings. Oh my gosh, I just thought about this. Juan Soto and Oswaldo Cabrera. Mm -hmm. The Soto shuffle. Seeing that happen. And just, you know, he's definitely not a player who shies away from anything. Like there's, he's not going to feel any pressure. He's really no. not. He's going to relish in this environment. It's going to be so like much fun. He was like 13 playing in the World Series. Like, <laughs> basically, right? Like, he's yeah. a child playing in the yeah. World Series and staring him down. Did not care. Yeah. Didn't care. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh. See, now that I'm, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited now. I'm like really, really excited about this. I mean, they Again. have to do more, but I'm excited about the Soto <laughs> aspect of this. Don't get me wrong. I'm worried about the pitching, but offensively, it's going to be fun. Stay up to date all year on the New York Yankees by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Yankees on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, does anyone want to play quarterback for the New York Jets? All right, fine, I'll do it. Before we get to that, a former Jaguar staff member is in big trouble. Wait till you hear this story. We're into the second half of the NFL season, and now is the best time to turn your sports knowledge into cash with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, what are you waiting for? The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, teasers, and more. There's also weekly promos and boosts to give you plenty of opportunities to increase your payout. Tonight's NFL matchup, not expected to be high scoring. The Patriots have struggled on offense. The Steelers have backup Mitch Trubisky in. FanDuel has the total set at 30 and a half, and it seems high. You can also combine bets for an even bigger payout. Same game parlays are a great way to enjoy watching sports. Maybe not watching Patriots Steelers, though. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and do the NFL season right. I'm not sure there's any saving that one. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. LockedOn has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. LockedOn Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of LockedOn, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. A former Jacksonville Jaguars employee is being accused of using the team's coffers as his own personal piggy bank to the tune of $22 million. The United States Attorney's Office claims Amit Patel used his position within the Jags organization to essential funnel money for his own purposes, doing things like buying a condo in Ponte Vedra, getting a Tesla, buying crypto, chartering private jets, luxury hotel stays, a country club membership, and even a $90,000 watch. The employee apparently did this by manipulating the Jags virtual credit card program. This according to documents filed this week in US District Court. They are alleging that Patel used his position as the sole manager of the franchise's VCC program to fund personal purchases and cover up the theft. Carolina Panthers tight end Hayden Hurst has missed the past few weeks with a concussion. His father, Jerry Hurst, took to social media to add some harrowing details to his son's story. He said 
Hayden has been diagnosed with post-traumatic amnesia after the hit he took on November 9th. He went on to say that Hayden has a slow recovery ahead and does not know when he will be back on the field. Curiously enough, Hurst was back on the practice field Wednesday, albeit with a red non-contact helmet. I understand that it will not bring peace to Hayden or his family, but the procedures in place now that they didn't used to have helped diagnose this issue and could help other players in the future. This is protecting players, and it's a step in the right direction in the brain health of NFL players, a protection that they did not have for far too long. The Timberwolves took care of business against the Spurs, but closer than the 12-point spread would have you believe. The Wolves win at 102-94. Nobody hit the 20-point mark tonight. Thought that was interesting. We'll get into that. And I know I come on here. I say this a lot, but I was literally at the game last year at the Target Center. It was the fourth game of the year. Wolves taking on the Spurs. I remember they were 15-point favorites, and I'll never forget it because I remember thinking, oh, my God, 15 points. That's like the biggest spread I've ever seen. Not only did they not cover, they lost, and they lost by a lot. Not even close. 115-106 um, was the final in that one. So, uh, when I come on here and say this was another game that the Wolves probably lose a year ago, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Tonight, though, they handled their business despite, I mean, man, it was a razor-tight matchup, a back-and-forth game. And in the other move of winter meetings so far, the Baltimore Orioles signed Craig Kimbrell. One year, $13 million to veteran closer Craig Kimbrell. Now, Kimbrell will make $12 million in 2024, and then there is a team option for 2025 for another $13 million that would include a $1 million buyout. So either way, you at least have to pay the $1 million buyout, which means it's a one-year $13 million contract with a team option for 2025. It is the most money that Mike Elias and crew, since him and his people took over this front office in November of 2018, it is the most money they have given to any free agent. Now, it is still not a multi-year deal. It does have the team option for 25, but that is not a guaranteed second year, which means Michael Elias is still not giving out a multi-year deal to a free agent. But $13 million for one year eclipses the $10 million they gave to Kyle Gibson for last year for the biggest Orioles contract. So this is currently going up and up slightly. Kalen Clark has done it again. Well, this time it's for the first time. But again, for her, Clark reached 3,000 career points after dropping 35 on Iowa State. She became the first player in Division I history, women's or men's, to record at least 3,000 points, 750 boards, and 750 assists. Wednesday also marked the 41st time in her career that Clark finished with at least 30 points, extending her lead for most of any Division I player over the past 25 seasons. Clark reached the 3,000-point plateau faster than everyone else in Division I history, not named Patricia Hoskins. Here is another story you need to know. So first it was Aaron Rodgers. Then it was Zach Wilson for a while. Then Tim Boyle. Then Trevor Simeon. And now, like Dennis the Menace, Robert Sala says, hey, Mr. Wilson, Zach Wilson, back as the starter for the New York Jets, John Butchko from Locked On Jets is shaking his head at me right now for my Dennis the Menace reference, which I totally appreciate and understand. John, um, all of this also comes on the backdrop of a report from The Athletic that Zach Wilson was reticent to retake the reins because of injury risk and, and uh, presumably 
not feeling great about how this was all handled. Uh, what do you make of this change now at this point in the season? I think it shows the Jets have no answers. I mean, mm -hmm. when you look at what's happened here, the Jets coaching staff is so is, is just so out of ideas that they're going back to a guy they benched three weeks ago. I mean, it, it just and a guy who was so bad they traded Aaron Rodgers or traded to get Aaron Rodgers for. Yeah, I mean, they're just throwing stuff at the wall and hoping something sparks the team. I, I, there's no there's no good answer for the Jets at the quarterback position. You know, you mentioned uh, Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson to Tim Boyle to Trevor Simeon. Maybe we can get Brett Rippon in the game, in, <laughs> into one of these games. Uh, they, they just signed Brett Rippon and make it a five-quarterback season, which the Jets had back in 2005 when uh, Chad Pennington and Jay Fiedler got hurt. Um, it's there's there's no good outcome for the Jets right now. Um, I said this on Locked on Jets the other day. You know, 99 times out of 100, I'd, I'd wonder why a player doesn't want to be in a game. I, I wouldn't. I would question Zach Wilson's sanity if he wasn't a little hesitant. And the, the, the key is like he was hesitant. It's not like he was saying I'm not going in. It, the report was that he was hesitant. And you know, he's been such a lightning rod from criticism. Much of it fair. I mean, he really has not been very good. Uh, you know, the the Jets traded for Aaron Rodgers for a re reason. Mm -hmm. Wilson's benchings last year were justified. His benching this year was justified. But he's a lightning rod from criticism. He's not in a situation where he, he can have success because there's nothing good about this offensive infrastructure. They have two good players on offense. They have Garrett Wilson and they have Brees Hall, who's really been bottled up the last couple of weeks because they can't run block. So even one of your two good players can't really produce much for you. It's just an ugly situation. Um, and look, it doesn't matter if Zach Wilson plays. It doesn't matter if Trevor Simeon plays. Tim Boyle was cut, which... Unfortunately, I've seen this with the Jets before where they started. I saw this four years ago with uh, Luke Falk, where a quarterback starts on Sunday and is cut before the next game because he plays himself off the roster. Uh, it's just, you know, it's another Jets season that's falling apart. I've seen plenty of these through the years and we've, you know, we're, we're having another one. <laughs> yeah, the, the nihilism is creeping in for Jets fans everywhere, I'm sure. And Robert Sala, for his part, said, look, we always knew Zach Wilson was better than these other guys. Congratulations. But we felt like we needed a spark. It seems like all of these quarterback machinations just throw into stark contrast something we talked about the last time we talked, which was Aaron Rodgers got hurt in the first quarter of week one. Joe Flacco. Josh Dobbs, Joe, Joe Flacco was available, what, two weeks ago? And they picked none of these options. That decision seems worse and worse every time we get a new story of, hey, what are the Jets going to do at quarterback now? I have to go back even further, though, because the whole plan was Zach Wilson needs to sit this year. The, the whole idea was... Right, why know, is he even on the team? And it's like, you know, I, I can see like you bring him back as the number three quarterback. But if you're if you're premise, what the Jets were trying to sell, and I don't really believe it, but what the Jets were trying to tell us this offseason was Zach Wilson's going to sit for two years and it's going to be good for him. So how do you put him in a position where he's wanted away from being the starting quarterback again? That makes no sense to me. It, and Salah was asked about this a few weeks ago. He said, it's a fair question. What do you mean it's a fair question? This was obvious to me back during the summer. I was saying this on Locked On Jets. And look, I think we do a great job here at Locked On. I think we got a lot of smart people, but if I can figure this stuff out, the people running the Jets <laughs> should be able to figure this stuff out. Stay up to date all year on the New York Jets by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Jets on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, the magic have been a welcome story during the early part of the NBA season. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Coming into this 2023-2024 NBA season, the Orlando Magic were seen as an up-and-coming team. A team that could be an annoyance to the Eastern Conference playoff contenders, maybe make the play in that kind of thing, be in the mix. They're much more in the mix after a nine game winning streak, though they've lost the last two, sit, currently sit third in the Eastern <laughs> Conference. Philip Rossman, right from Locked On Magic, joins me now. And, and Philip, we don't have to talk about the 121 and 111 loss to the Cavs on Wednesday night. We're here to talk about the feel good story of this NBA season. I know it's a small sample size, but what is what is clicking for this year for the Magic that wasn't quite at this level last year? Yeah, I mean, I think there's just a a, a surety of who they are. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I think last year they were still figuring things out, and look, they're still young; they're still figuring things out very, very clearly. But last year they got off to a five and twenty start. They were dealing with a lot of injuries, and, and they were kind of put way behind the eight ball. And then they started kind of working into anonymity. And over the last of 57 games of the season uh, from December 7th to the end of the season. So we're, we're, year, we're at the year anniversary of this, um, of the season beginning last year. Uh, the Magic went 29 and 28. They finished sixth in the league in defensive ratings. So they were one of the best defensive teams in the league last year. And essentially when they were all healthy, because uh, December 7th is when Cole Anthony and Marco Foltz came back from injury. When they were healthy, they were a 500 team. And so they, they took what they did at the end of last season. And they've really just carried it over and played with that much more confidence of like, hey, we can play at this level. We can be this team. We are so much better than everyone thinks. And they've gone out and proved it, obviously, on the court. And, and you know, they're kind of taking the league a little bit by storm here o- over the last few weeks. Yeah, and, and what I think is fascinating, I'm so glad you brought up the defense because, you know, you think of Paolo Bancaro, former number one overall pick. You've got the, the Wagner brothers, uh, Markel Fultz, who has carved out a really great niche for himself in Orlando, but you're mostly thinking about the offense and the scoring and and how much, um, you know, Paolo and, and Wagner fit together and all those cool things. And yet this is a team that currently sits fourth in defensive rating. How have they how have they done this? Because you look at the team and you don't you don't look at it and go, oh, yeah, that's a that's a team that looks like it could just lock people down. And yet here they are doing it. And they're doing it, of course, without one of their better defenders in Wendell Carter, who's played only five games before he broke a, ha- a bone in his hand. Markel Fultz, to, to your point, has carved out a really nice niche, but he's been out for most of the season. He's yeah. played only five games this season, too. So, you know, the, the Magic are not free from the injury bug at all. Um, but, you know, they're really doing it with, there's a lot of, you know, defense is a lot about trust and, and, and understanding of, of each other. They really understand what they're trying to do. The, the main goal of the Magic's defense is to take away the paint. Um, that, that's what they were really good at last year, is preventing not even just points in the paint, but field goal attempts in the paint. And then they trust that their length is going to disrupt any passes that you try to make and allow them to close out on you at the three-point line so they can prevent some of those three-point shots. Um, you yeah, look they can at, be a huge team when they want to be. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, you know, you got a guy like Jalen Suggs who's probably going to be, you know, again, provided that he stays healthy, which after Wednesday night, 
you know, we'll, we'll see how long he's out with the, with the calves, with the ankle, ankle strain, but, um, he's, he's on track to be an all defensive team player. He can lock you up. You know, he's darting into passing lanes for steals. It's a team that forces and creates a lot of turnovers. And while that doesn't necessarily create maybe fast breaks all the time, this is a team that is just very disruptive. They have guys who can comfortably switch one through four, if not one through five uh, in a lot of places. And they just keep coming at you. They play so hard. And, and, you know, that's a cliche among young teams and, and kind of unproven teams. It's like, oh, they, they play hard, but this team plays at sort of like a frenetic, when they're at their best, at a frenetic defensive pace. And that's really helped them kind of carve and establish their identity. Okay, so that leads us to the obvious question. Though they, Right now they look like, if they can stay healthy, you mentioned the health part of it, a, a playoff team and not just a play-in team, a playoff team. Um, how dangerous can they be if this all continues to look like this? I mean, obviously, defense gets you a long, long way. Um, sure. And and you know, you, you know, Steve Clifford, who was a coach here in Orlando for a long time, used to always tell us, like, you know, to make the playoffs, you got to be top ten in one category and top half of the league in the other. And so Orlando, I don't know where they are after Wednesday's game, but they entered Wednesday's game, I think, fourth in the league in defensive rating and fifteenth in the league in offensive rating. So the Magic are are right there. They're they're clearly a team that can be very, very dangerous. That can be tough to score against. And yeah, can, and surprisingly, perhaps score a little bit on you. Stay up to date on what's next for the Orlando Magic by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Magic on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. And finally, it turns out the Los Angeles Lakers won't be back in black. The jersey set aesthetic has been a hit with the players and LA is undefeated in the black uniforms so far, all during in-season tournament play. The NBA, though, is preventing the Lakers from wearing their black uniforms because of concerns over the visual contrast between the jerseys and the design of the specialized in-season court. The semifinals will be played on at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. I wonder what would happen if someone told Boise State they couldn't wear their blue uniforms at home. I mean, that that is home field advantage. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports Today, just how bad will this Thursday night game between the Pats and Steelers be? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports Today. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.